This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Coach John Beam. Coach, how's it going? I am awesome. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm so fired up. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Um, I'm sure you've been doing a lot of interviews after the last chance you. Uh, but let's just go back in time. Like, how did you how did you first get involved in coaching, and, and why did you want to become a coach? You know, I'm not sure exactly how I, you know, did I want to or not. But I, it was a pretty interesting story. I'm playing junior college football. My first year, I make all conference as an offensive lineman, and then my second year, you know, I'm thinking I'm big time. I'm gonna get recruited to go D1. Now, understand, I'm six foot tall, 230 pounds. I'm gonna go big time as a D1 offensive lineman, right? You know, but my mindset is I can do this, right? Kind of like, you know, I'm gonna go from you know average to savage, right? You know what I mean? So, anyways, uh, halfway through the season, you know, the first conference game, I blow out my knee. And so I'm done, you know, ACL, MCL, cartilage, the whole nine. So in a cast for a week, you know, I mean, for six weeks, uh, hospital for a week. Fast forward, I don't have any scholarship offers. And I finally get one to go to Eastern New Mexico. But I have to have a second surgery in June, so I won't be able to play. So I tell the guy, and he goes, hey, that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have a scholarship. We'll bring you in in, you know, January. So all right, fine. So I tell my offensive line coach, you know, who I was real close with, Charlie Popa, he goes, hey, good. Now go over here. I go, what do you mean? He says, well, you're, you're not just going to hang around and do nothing. Go up here. They're, this high school, they're about three years old, you know, pretty new school. They need an offensive line coach. You're going to go be it. I go, I am? He goes, yeah, you're going to do a great job. So I did. And the coach, head coach, there was a young guy named Mike Williams, phenomenal coach. And so I coached with them for two years. We took the team first time ever to the playoffs. It was phenomenal. I had a great experience, something I loved. And so I decided, hey, this is what I want to do. So kind of by chance, you know, but I was never at that point, I didn't, I was never going to be a division one football player. I was never going to go to the NFL. So I just said, you know, I might as well just start coaching. So I started coaching when I was like 20 years old and have been going until now at 61 in COVID, you know, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So what, what was like, yeah, what was your first coaching job? And then what, what, what age were you first a head coach? So I started out as a, the offensive line coach on the varsity at, in San Diego at Sarah high school for two years. Then I took a year off to get married and moved when I moved to the Bay Area. And I started at Skyline in 1982 as a defensive coordinator on the varsity. So I did that for five years. And then I became the head coach after that. So I was probably around, so that had been five, seven. So about 27 years old, 28 years old when I became the head coach at Skyline. Okay. So pretty young. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then how, how'd you end up at Laney? So, you know, it's kind of a, Again, you know, like you always hear these, these people say when opportunity knocks, answer. But when one door closes, another one opens. So I had been at Skyline as a head coach for 17 years. Through the 90s, I never lost a league game, right, regular season game, right? So I'm kind of running out of challenge. I've had, you know, a number of undefeated teams. And so in California, we had – at the time, we didn't have state championships, right? We had section champions. And so I had won 11 section championships. But – Oakland was its own section. So we were the smallest of the 10 sections in the whole state of California. So I was looking for a new challenge and I got offered a, a chance to coach down at Clovis West High School, which is in Central Valley, about three hour drive from Oakland. Great opportunity, football, crazy town, right? I mean, they, when they bring you in for an interview, they actually have a uh, realtor showing you around houses as well as 
you know, the job, right? It's like a division one job, right? And so I thought I was going to take the job. And then I came home one day and my wife, Cindy, was like, you know, been sad all day. Like, what's going on? She goes, I want, I'll go to Clovis with you because that's what you want. I want to support you. But she didn't really want to leave the Bay Area. And I thought, you know what? She sacrifices so much for me to be able to coach. I couldn't do that. So that door closed right after that Laney opened up. So Laney's in Oakland, right? It's, it's perfect. I mean, I went from a four minute commute to an 18 minute commute, right? So it made sense. So I took the job and the idea was I was going to be the running back coach one year, then I was going to be the offensive coordinator and then eventually the head coach. Um, so that happened just like that, except for they added the title of athletic director as well real early. So I was actually the athletic director and the offensive coordinator. So I was the head coach's boss and he was my boss, kind of an interesting, you know, dynamic, but we got along so well, we we're great, you know, friends. So he's a great coach. So I learned a lot from him. So it was perfect. What about, I got to ask, besides coaching, have you done any other job? Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm a hustler, right? So I've, I've been, you know, I've worked as a custodian, even, so even listen to this, you'll, you'll appreciate this, right? So as a teacher, you don't make a ton of money, right? You know, you, and then if you're coaching, so I worked for a number of years with Park and Rec here in Oakland. So I would run open gyms, run basketball tournaments. Um, they have these lodges. So I was a custodian. I would set up for weddings and parties, you know, lay out the tables and chairs and pick them up afterwards. So I've done all that. Um, yeah. And, and then I worked for the National Football League. So I guess that was football. That was, yeah, not too much outside of football. <laughs> but usually, you know, any, in, the, in Oakland, I did a lot of stuff community-based, right? So with the park and rack and, and things of that nature. Um, yeah, not, yeah, not too much other than teaching and coaching. Nope, that's pretty much been my career. <laughs> yeah, what, what about, like, when was it that you went, like, full-time coaching? Because like, I think, like, a lot of people don't realize that most of the time probably coaches aren't full-time coaches. Well, I was never, I mean, even now, right? Because I oh, yeah, teach, I guess, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah, full-time teaching, I was right, started in 1982. I've been teaching. So, yeah. you know, it's a pretty long time. So that's what, 22, 39 years yeah. teaching and coaching. I gotcha. Um, so what, what has it been like from high school to coaching college kids? Like, what's the biggest difference? The biggest difference really is just recruiting, right? You know, in high school, they just show up. You got to go recruit. You know, you got to drive around, convince people to come. And, you know, and then when I got to Laney, we weren't a powerhouse, right? So now you're trying to convince people to go play for you. And they're like, and I'm thinking, you couldn't even have made my high school team. And I'm trying to beg you to come play for me. You know, like, wait a minute, hold on. There's something wrong here. But, you know, that kind of worked out, worked itself out. Um, coaching is coaching. Does that make sense? Right. It's still getting the knowledge that you have to the players and getting the players to perform on the field. And if you can do that, you can be successful. Right. Um, I don't know that when you look right now, some of the new the offense that you see in the NFL and college, that start, you know, with the, the zone read and the air raid and things like that. A lot of that started in high school. Right. It's the same concept. So it hasn't really changed. It's really getting, you know, the players to buy into the concept and learning those concepts, whatever they are, right. Finding a way to get it to that. They can understand what you want them to do. That's what teaching is all about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Cause uh, I mean, I work with athletes and then like people ask me like athlete marketing and then people ask me like, can I do like social media for like a landscaping company? I'm like, yeah, why not? Like I'll figure it out. Like it's the same concept, but just different uh, dynamic, I guess. You'd say. Yeah, it, it is. And I think it's, it's so important that we realize that, that people have these skills, right? If you, if, 
the world comes down to some people skills, right? If you have good people skills, you're going to be successful, right? You just have to kind of figure out what it is, right? I'm selling widgets or I'm selling you the chance to come play for me at Laney, right? I'm still selling. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I know you had a, a lot of guys um, go D1, um, both from the high school and um, the colleges, or I mean, Laney, you know, um, being at community college. Um, like, I think, what did you have, over 100, I think it is? Yeah, when I was in high school, I was averaging about four or five a year. So, you know, over 17 years, you know, our 22 years, that's about 100 there, right yeah. there. And then at Laney, we probably, there's times we do double digit, 10, 11, 12 guys, right? Because, you know, you're getting a different player in now, right? So most of them will go D1. So, yeah, what does that mean to you to just, like, get those, get those kids to D1? So I don't – and this kind of makes me different from a lot of people, right? And I love the name of your show, by the way, right? Because, right, here's the deal. Why D1? Why not D2? Why not NEI? Just go somewhere that somebody wants you, right? And then you do you. And so for me, in the city of Oakland, and, and you're in New Haven, right? And Stan, my buddy Stan Holmes tells me sometimes, you know, New Haven has a lot of similarities to Oakland, but there's a, the black and brown community don't do well in school, right? There's a high dropout rate. So if I can get them from, at Skyline, my goal was to get them to graduate high school, right? At Laney, it's to get them uh, to transfer to another school. And if they can do that, I don't care where it is. What's the difference between USC and Southern Connecticut, Connecticut College, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, really, they get to play and they get a degree. And if they don't have to pay, that's the key, yeah. right? If you're good enough, the NFL will find you no matter where you're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Like, I think, um, I think even on on the show, it showed that they were taking the D one, I mean D two offers because they were giving them more scholarships. Yeah, you know, think of I had it. This is I tell people this story. So I back in Skyline, two guys best friends, right? One of them goes to USC, mm -hmm. right? wins a national championship, Pete Carroll's got the ring, SC, you know, all that. The other kid turns down a division one scholarship and goes to Columbia, which is a one double A non-scholarship, you know, the Ivy league. Right. But at the time he got more money, right? Because when you're on full financial aid at an Ivy league, they pay for everything. They pay for your flight home and back. They pay for you to buy winter clothes mm -hmm. at the time before the NCAA changed the rules for the full cost of uh, attendance. Right. You don't, you didn't get, you didn't have money to buy pizza right when you're at USC. Right. <laughs> so, you know, if you're looking monetary, the, the Ivy was a better job. And if you go to an academy, so I've had kids play at the Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, right? Well, shoot, they pay you every month yeah. you know? and you got a job when you're done. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, you look at the things and, and for, uh, you know, for, for a, a, a young man of color, it's, it's, look at your options more closely than just saying, I got this scholarship, right? You know, there could be some better avenues for life after football, right? The connections that you make at certain schools can go a long way for yeah. your success. Yeah. Then what about like, what has your relationship been with like all the players, like even after they graduate college? So I think that's one of the things I love best, right? Is that I'm still close to almost all the guys I coach with. Right. Um, and you know, when the show came out, people were hitting me up for back in San Diego four years ago, my first job in coaching guy, Hey, you remember me, you know, and I did. 
And even people that I've taught years ago, like PE, because, you know, they, you know, young women or young guys that just in my PE class and I make my PE class so fun. They still remember me and they were fired up. I was on the show and they said, coach, you haven't changed. I remember you took my quarter in class too, you know? So those are the fun things, right? Maybe that was my job. I was hustling quarters, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I think it's important that we build relationships. And like I tell the kids, man, when I recruit you, I recruit you for life. Yeah. you know, and I'm going to be that guy. And I remember when I had all these kids coming through Skyline going D1 and, you know, I've had over 20 kids play in the NFL, right. Or be on a, you know, be at camp, mini camp, something with the NFL and guys just say, well, coach, you should be an agent. You could be my agent. You know, you, you know, the deal you're, and you know, money, you're a hustler. And I would say, no, I couldn't be your agent. He said, why can I be your agent? Cause I said, because if I'm your agent, then I work for you. And I got to tell you what you want to hear. I'm your coach and, uh, you know, hopefully your friend. So right. I can tell you the truth that, you know, you ain't shit. You ain't working hard enough. You, you know, you need to work on these things. You need to think about life after football, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are the things that I think that were important that you can have this honest relationship. And what people don't understand is kids actually want to hear the honesty. They want that honesty They you know, they want to hear the truth. Yeah. You know, we, we, we sugarcoat too much. Yeah. 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 Definitely agree with you now, especially, especially now, even more so I probably, I'd say. Um, yeah. So going into last chance, you, um, how did they, how did they find you? how did they find out about you personally? And then how did, how did they uh, pick your school? Man, you know what? I still don't know. Right. I'm sure they do research. Um, the, 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 I got contacted right after we won the state championship, mm-hmm. you know, we're the number one team in the country and CJ Anderson was making this big run with the Rams, you know, helping them get to the Super Bowl. So they're in LA. So I'm assuming they, you know, they watched, you know, reading the paper or whatever, looked around, they knew they wanted to come to California. So they already knew they were going to pick a JC in California. And then they kind of said that they were looking for, they had been in rural areas. So they wanted to do an urban area. Well, Oakland is pretty, probably most urban that you can get. And then they decided they wanted someone that was a little bit more mature than the last coaches, you know, like not mature in the sense of more years of coaching under their belt. You know what I mean? So 40 years is pretty mature, right? So I guess I just checked enough boxes, right? (laughs) You know, but they said when they came to meet me and they walked around Laney and he walked around Oakland and, you know, they just said my name and people goes, Oh, you know, coach beam. And they just kind of lit up and they decided that they really wanted to tell the story of Oakland. And since I had such a connection, it made sense for that as well. So I think it just all kind of blended, you know, I don't think it was any one thing. You know, I like to say, oh, because I'm this photogenic or I'm this winning, charismatic guy. But it was probably just by chance I hit enough boxes, you know, on the checklist. And then what about, um, like, did you have – you had to make the decision to um, be on it or not? Or, like, who did you have – Yeah, so when they first sent me the first email, we had the first conversation with Lucas Smith, one of the producers. You know, as you can tell, I'm pretty family-oriented. So I sat down with my family, right? Mm -hmm. And my wife's like, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. My oldest daughter, like, no, dad, that's not a good idea. My youngest daughter, dad, you got to do it. You got to do it, right? And uh, and then my son-in-law was like, hey, I'm in it for the ride, whatever, you know. So he didn't really care. So then I did that. Then I went next to my staff. The guys have been close with me. So Sakai, my assistant, um, Derek, Kevin the guys that have been with me since Skyline for 20 plus years, I asked them what they thought. Then I went to the next two senior guys on my staff. And then I finally went to the whole staff. Once the, and the whole staff was like, 
it's a no-brainer. You have to, you have to, you have to. The only one that was not was my assistant. Sakai was kind of like, yeah, Beamer, I don't know. Do we want him here in our business all day long, you know? So then I had to then approach the president, right? And then the president, the vice president. So the vice president, Vicky, you know, she's from the South. Her husband's a, a college coach, soccer coach. So, you know, they, you know, the South, you love sports. So she's like watched every episode of Last Chance You. She's like, oh yeah, we got to do it. The president, you know, she's like, yeah, I don't have time for watch TV. I've never seen it. So whatever you guys think. Then I went to the chance and the chance like, yeah, we need this. Good. Let's do it. So yeah, I was like, okay, let's make it happen. You know? Well, yeah. What about, were you, were you, hes- were you hesitant at all? Yeah, I was definitely hesitant. Why? I was definitely hesitant. Are you saw- so did you, all right, before you, you guys got recruited to be on the show, did you watch the show beforehand or no? I had watched, um, I kind of by chance caught season one. Okay. Like I didn't even know about it. And then I kind of watched two, then I saw three yeah. parts of it. And then when they started talking to me, oh, shit, then I better watch all the three. Yeah. And then by the time four came out, we were already had said we were in it. You know what I mean? Okay, gotcha. And then at that point, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you know, you look at it, you go, okay, like in season one, the coach and the referee get in a fight. You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't get in a fight with referees. I joke with them or whatever, right? Yeah. Season three, man. I don't know that. I don't think that's me. Let's, you know, so it's just tough. You know, you just, you don't, you don't know how the camera is going to play you. So they shoot six to seven hours of film, six days a week. And what you all see is just eight hours. Yeah. That's a lot of film. And they, you know, I'm sure that nobody, no human being can be perfect or look good in those eight hours. Right. You know what I mean? So they could choose how they want. So then you meet Greg. Greg is phenomenal. And you start to tell him, he said, just trust me. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I just want to tell your story. Yeah. So once he said that, my wife and I were like, okay, if you truly want to tell us our story, then we think we have a good story to tell, right? So I think we just trusted him and it turned out fine. Yeah. What about, did you know about like Buddy Stevens and and Jason Brown before? No, no. Like, I didn't know if it was a thing because like they had like a lot of championships or you know like you guys know each other because of JUCOs and stuff like that. No, because well think about it, right? So Buddy at East Mississippi, but I really don't know him. And Jason was just starting with his first head coaching job, right? So I would yeah. you know we knew yeah. about Kansas JCs because the Kansas JCs come in California try to recruit a little bit. But Mississippi doesn't come to California to recruit, so you don't really know about them. What I know is that California JCs are community colleges, right? There's more of us than all the rest of the country combined. And we play pretty good. We play really good football here, right? Now, we may not have the talent that East Mississippi has, right, because they get all those SEC bounce backs or, you know, uh, ACC bounce backs. But California is different. Here's the other thing. We're all teachers, right? We're professors or instructors, however you want to call it. So we have a different code of ethics that we have to follow, mm-hmm. right? You could lose your job if you do certain things, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a nice pension we have at the end of the day, if you think about it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. And then what, what was your reaction to it when uh, your, your, your season came out? Well, what was your reaction? Let me ask you that first. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I've been, I've been a fan since the first season. Or actually, I don't know if it was the first season or the second season I watched it, and then I watched the first season the second season. 
but yeah, I've been a fan since then. And uh, I think I, inter- I interviewed everybody, uh, at least one person from each season. Huh? And so we're a little bit different than the other guys a yeah. little bit, huh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you're a so, lot, you're a lot a bit different than the other two coaches. <laughs> okay. So number one, when it first came out, so we, my, my family and I, we watched it 10 days before everybody else did. Right. And so, you know, we were, we watched the first four together, you know, we watched all of them together, but the first four, the first night. And I tell you, we were a little shocked, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, really? It's the first time you ever see yourself on TV. That's weird. You know what I mean? And you say that now, it was so funny when the first trailers came out, I thought, oh man, these trailers are awesome. I was telling everybody, Hey, don't ever put the show on just, just show trailers, right? We're good on the trailers, but, um, you know, you, it, it's a little tough seeing yourself, right? And you're like, oh, did I really do that? Was I that hard on this kid? Or, you know, why wasn't, why let that happen? Did I, you know, and then the next show you watch and you watch it again. And then you just hear everybody's um, comments about it, right? The New York Times. I mean, I got a, they interviewed me and put a full page article on the Sunday New York Times. Yeah, That's, you know, like, God, I guess, you know, I was on Access Hollywood, me and the Kardashians, you know, like, oh, my God, I don't even know how to do social media. You know, I need your help, right? Um, you know, and then I was on Esquire magazine, right? I'm like, man, I wear shorts and Jordans, you know, I mean, I don't know how do I get on Esquire magazine, you know? <laughs> so it was different. And you go, okay, but people kind of had a, they liked it. They liked the way we did things. And then all the people that knew me for a long time kept coming back to me and said, you know what? You didn't change. You're still the same guy or other coaches like, Oh, you didn't play for the camera. That was you, you know, that was good that you weren't trying to play up to the camera one way or the other. Right. And I don't know if buddy or the other guy, uh, Jason Brown played to the cameras or not, but I didn't, you know, I mean, what you saw is what you get, you know? And so I don't know. Uh, It'd be interesting to hear what the, what other, the other two, how they felt afterwards. But I think, you know, I'm probably, you know, were they happy? Did they think that they, you know, wasn't played right? You know, there's things I wish they would have shown, you know, that they didn't show, but it is what it is. Right. Yeah. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for them to drop a whole bonus season on each one because they, I know they got enough film to do it. Oh, they definitely do. And I know, uh, I think this, they said, they said that uh, your season was the last football season, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're doing basketball uh, for January, maybe, I think. Yep. Yep. They finished one season of basketball, hoping to film the second season, right? And they're going to, I think they, they started the second season of cheer when the COVID hit too, right? So, you know, I think for Greg, he's ready for a new challenge, right? Five, five season football, maybe need something else to challenge him. Yeah. I don't know. Would I go back again? I mean, obviously I would go back because you know, we, we signed a contract to go back, but I'm like, Oh man, what would I change? You know, if I went back, <laughs> you know, oh, you, guys thought, you know what? I'm just going to be me. Excuse me. You guys were supposed to do a second season. Yeah. You sign a five-year contract with them and they always come back for two. They said, so they planted, they, you know, the, the crew told me they expected to see me next year. So, and then, oh, all right. Then they called when the when the trailer came out saying was season five was the final. A couple of the producers called back and said, "We didn't know. We're so heartbroken." <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So going into now, like, what's it what's it been like for you? I know you you guys are trying to have a season in the spring. It's been tough. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, it's been um, being shut down. No football for me. 
Um, no football for my players and coaches. I've been worrying about our young men. You know, are they in school? How are they doing with, you know, they don't have computers. They don't have Wi-Fi at home. Um, their families are, are struggling, you know, they're struggling. So I'm worried about that. At the same time, I'm having to read every article, like, you know, learn about electrostatic sprayers and, mm-hmm. you know, different ways to keep everybody safe because that's my job as the athletic head coach. My job is to make sure everybody's safe. And I'm not willing to put anybody at risk unless they're safe, right? And so I think it's important that we keep that in mind as we push, right? Colleges are, are having all types of issues right now. Pros, finally, you know, they had some guys test, you know, positive. Baseball, Major League Baseball had some outbreaks, right? And so a young guy that plays at Laney, most likely at COVID-19, will be asymptomatic. You may not even know they have it. But when they go home, who do they live with, yeah. right? That's who I worry about. Their grandmother, their grandfather, uncle, aunt, right? Cousins, that's who we have to worry about, you know? And that's the part I can't control. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, there's no there's no college football in California right now, right? Well, No, we're, we're set to play in the spring. Pac-12 is going to start at the end of October, I think. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah, that's why I think it's cra- – I mean, I think it's pretty crazy that the college – I mean, I get that the NFL because, you know, it's like a money thing, but I, I feel like the colleges kind of should have – all of them should have shut down. It's all about money. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's face it, it's about money, you know, how much they're losing, right? And when, so if football doesn't bring in the money, that means that you're not going to be able to have women's gymnastics or, mm-hmm. or cross country or track that school – the programs that don't bring in money right so how are you going to field those programs with you don't have that windfall of money from football yeah. so yeah it's a tough one yeah for sure now going back uh to last chance you and you said all the, the media coverage you got um like who are some people that reach out to you that you were like shocked about or like happy or anything like that there was a local uh tv station in san diego where i grew up right that follows high school sports and so they do segments so that was cool Hawaii, obviously, because, you know, I have a number of players at Hawaii. They, they did a couple articles, but locally. And then guys like, you know, who has a podcast, right, that, you know, goes from underrated to, you know, I mean, this is just great, right, you know, to meet you. And then there was this young, two young kids I met. They're like 10th grade, you know, they have a podcast. It's a coach. I haven't turned down anybody. It's just trying to fit it in my schedule, right? Yeah. But I don't want to turn anybody down because – who am I? My job, like, is just like as a coach, right, is to help, you know, believe in people so they can believe in themselves, right? So if this is, and it sounds like you're an established podcaster, but some of these are brand new podcasts. Well, if I have the time, you know, I can give you 30 minutes. I mean, I'm not big time, but you know what I mean? So it's, it's cool. Now, I think you have a way, you know, bigger following, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, let's just do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's dope. Yeah, the same thing. I, I'm doing that too right now. Uh, for my for just my personal brand, I'm going. I've been getting on just random podcasts to tell my story. But um, yeah, I meant like who was there any like famous people that reach out to you? Because like I interviewed um RJ and Dior, and they were telling me like you know some NFL players reach out to them and stuff like that. Yeah, so like you know Sean Payton and I have a relationship from 27 years ago, so he reached out to me. You know, people like that, and and you know. It's been, you know, a lot of, I think uh, the mayor of Oakland had a big shout out, told everybody because of COVID, you know, that don't hang out on the weekends at the lake, go home and watch Coach Beeman last chance you, you know. So 
oh, yeah, I think. And then like a uh, the couple of NFL executives reached out to me, you know, and so I spent, I spent about 20 years working for the NFL, doing some programs. And so I think you guys still remember my name and reached out just saying, Hey, you know, we're glad you're doing well. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, have you ever heard of Ben Baller? Uh, so he, he's a, uh, he has a, he's a jeweler. He's a, like a famous jeweler. Okay. And uh, he's in the, he's in, uh, I think one of his stores is in the Bay area. And, uh, and he was talking about you cause he found out that you were uh, part Korean, right? Yes. Yeah. So he, so he's Korean. So he was like, so uh, gassed up about it. And then he was just like, yeah, like coach John, he talked about it on his podcast. You got to listen to it. Okay. You gotta check it out. <laughs> well, if you know him, tell him to come interview me, man. Let's do this. <laughs> I got you. I'll clip it. I'll clip it. And I'll send it to him. <laughs> hey, thank you. Um, all right. You ready for some fun questions? We're going to go from average to savage. <laughs> Let's go. I'm, 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 Hey, I want to be a savage like you, brother. Let's go. Um, what, what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, well, anything right now, it's anything with my granddaughter, right? She takes off all my free time, but before my granddaughter was here, anything in the ocean, right? I'm a, I'm a certified diver. I kayak, I surf, body surf. So anything in the ocean, I'm, 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 I'm in it to win it. All right. Uh, I know I'm sure you got this question a lot, but have you ever thought about coaching at a higher level at, at a D1 or NFL? Um, had the opportunity, been there, done that, didn't want to do it right now. Maybe, yeah, you know, if they want to make me an NFL coach, sure. Yeah. But I'd have to be a head coach. I, I got to be in charge. Have you gotten any offers now since, since you blew up? No, no, because those guys, you know, I'm the same guy. So when they offered me back, I, I was, you know, I turned down, I, I withdrew my name. I was a finalist for a DV job in the Pac-10 back in the day. I've been offered jobs in the Mountain West. So that's not something I aspire to. All right, gotcha. What about, okay, is there any question, since you've been on a lot of interviews, has there been any question that somebody didn't ask you that you wanted to be asked? No, I mean... No, the, 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 one of the best questions was the, the two young kids asked me, like, uh, what one thing that, you know, that if you showed would symbolize who you were, like, you know, you know, like, oh, man, I was stumped, you know. So then I said, oh, my walking stick, you know, makes me unique, right? <laughs> I'll take it. Um, and the last question, do you have any questions for me? So average to savage. I love it. But why? Where did you come up with that? And then, you know. Yeah. Tell me about it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so, I mean, I have my brand PG Sports, which is my initials. Um, so I, I wanted to create a podcast, but I didn't want to name it PG Sports Podcast because I didn't, I didn't want to interview just um, like athletes and sports personalities. And I wanted to interview like entrepreneurs and obviously athletes too and actors. And that's what I, I've been doing. So so that's why I created a different name besides that. And then, you know, Aver I mean, Average Savage is a dope name. So I think it's a really dope name. Yeah. <laughs> so how many followers do you have? Are people uh, listen to your podcast? Oh, well, on my podcast page, it's not, it's not that many, but on my, like, my main page, I have like 20,000 followers. 20,000. Why do you think they follow you? Uh, I mean, I've been doing this for like nine years now, so it's been a, a long time coming. <laughs> or do you think they relate from average to savage, right? You oh, know yeah. what I, mean? well, I think that's why, too. Like, that's why I, just like I've, I've been showing my face more. Basically, I was behind like a logo, I'd say, before. So now I've been putting myself out there more. That's cool. I, I have much respect for you, brother. So I I yeah, so it's funny because I interviewed um, – I, I got to interview Coach Jason Brown last year. Um, so that's why it's, it's funny that it's, it's two opposites. 
How's that? How are we opposite? <laughs> I don't know. You guys are you guys are totally opposite people. That's all. That's it. <laughs> you know, I think it's uh, you know, like like I tell people, right? You know, I've I've been in Oakland, you know, forty years now. Yeah. Trust me, if I need to get down, I can get down. But why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, yeah. it's like that little dog that yaps all the time. It's a dog that don't say shit. You better worry out for it. You know what I mean? All right. Actually, I got a last one. Is there anything that you haven't accomplished in your career that you want to accomplish though? You know how you have bucket lists, right? Yeah. And uh, so this weekend I was with five generations of my family. Right. And uh, so my uncle owns a, a driving range. Right. So, it's not a counselor for coaching, but I got to drive the cart, you know, to pick up all the range balls while people were hitting balls. So all my nephews got on there. My cousins got in there all trying to hit me with the balls, right? But I was picking up golf balls at range. They missed. I was too good, right? Now, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I've been blessed to coach phenomenal athletes. I've been blessed to win a lot of games, championships. I've been inducted to a hall of fame. I've been recognized with the show, you know, um, but it's just, it's just really just the, the, the accomplishment or the, the, the accolades is that I get to bring people along with me, right? And anybody that plays for me or that I've taught is part of my family in my mind, right? Yeah. So if I can help folks continue, you know, using the platform that I'm gaining right now to help the next generation or the generation I've coached, then that's, you know, accomplishment I want to continue to do, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. You know, I got a couple guys that are, that are um, writers. They're trying to put some movies together, not about me, but just movies. So, you know, like I'm trying to introduce them. I've, one of my guys is the uh, road manager for future, you know, like he's all fired up future love the show. He said like, all right, cool. You know, <laughs> That's dope. Um, so, I mean, those are just things and they're, and they're, and they're like you, right? I mean, in essence, they're your logo. They were average in the sense of people looked at them to average, but they're savage because they didn't let, you know, whatever their circumstances were to hold them down or be an excuse why they couldn't be successful and, and, and climb, right? Yeah. And so to me, that's the beauty of it all, right? You know, yeah. and that's why I like, that's why I'm just loving your, 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 your whole average to savage. I mean, I can see it in all these people, right? So I'm fired up. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, actually, that's what I want to see. I want to see a panel with the three coaches. I need that Netflix special. I need it. Yeah. I don't, it could get boring. I'm sure we'll all sit there. You know, I'm guaranteed that everybody will put on a ring, right, to make sure their ring, who's got the biggest ring, you know what I mean? Or who's got the most wins or, you know, or I don't know. But really, if you end out about it, what, you know, what as a coach, what are you trying to do? Is it, is it winning on the field or winning in life, right? And if you win in life and help young men win in life, then you are successful, and if you do it the right way, you're going to get wins on the field too, right? So just keep that in mind. So, you know, I think that's, that's the key. What about – sorry, one last question. Is there anyone from the previous seasons that you watched that you were like, oh, I wish, like, I could, I could have coached him or, like, I want, I want him on my team? I think there was a ton of great athletes out there and people I'd love to have coached, you know. The running back that they had, Isaiah uh, Ryder, I think, or Isaiah Wright, you know, one of the East Mississippi's, I think Dakota Allen was a phenomenal young man, right? Um, the kid that was at East, at, uh, at um, 
Independence. Independence was a quarterback that got hurt with the pulled hamstring. I think it came out of Wake Forest or one of the schools out there. It was a bounce back kid out of there. Um, oh, Jay Jackson? Yeah. Or Malik Henry? No, not Malik Henry. I'm okay with him, you know. <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> well, I'll end it off on that because that was funny. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you on uh, social media? I think I'm at Coach John Beam or I'm at Coach Beam. I'm not sure because I don't know social media well enough. Yeah. But if you can help them, tell me where to go. Yeah. Help, you know, I'll pick up it, my I'll numbers. In the description, I'll put the links in. Yeah, I want to be like you. I want to get 20 million followers. I want to get a blue check. Do you yeah. have a blue check? I do have a blue check. <laughs> so how do I get a blue check? I got can you. I make got it you. so I get a blue check? I got you. Uh, so you did your research on me, I guess. Yeah. I want right. to be, I want you, hey, you're average to savage. When you put that name out there, I want to see it, brother. But understand this, right? You have a blue check. You're authentic just because you came up and put yourself out there, man, to go for it. Not because a bunch of people gave you a blue check. So don't, don't think that. You're yeah, good. Yeah. You're a good dude, man. No, I just, I just got it recently, too. Um, yeah, you, you got to check out my interviews with RJ and Dior. And I will. Me, I will. Feedback. Maybe you'll learn, you s- learn something new from them. I probably will. I learned something all the time. Hey, can you send me the link when it's all done? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll send hey. it. Uh, it's probably, I'm probably going to release it next week. Okay. And don't forget, hook me up with the jeweler, the baller guy, the Korean guy. We, might be, we, might, be, we might be cousins. We don't even know it. I got you. All right. I appreciate it. Appreciate right, you, good, brother. Have a good one.